Good morning. Welcome today. Welcome to those who are online. And kids, we are so glad that you are with us today. Um, and I'm hoping to keep this um, entertaining and help keep your attention. I'm going to talk with you a little bit today as well as, well, as, as, well as talking with the adults. Um, as I was before service, um, had a friend say, hey, you know, the kids have the activity sheet. Where's my activity sheet? And I said, well, I'm, I'm the live activity sheet today. So hopefully um, that will be something that is beneficial um, and hopefully, again, that God will use me and speak through what he has for you today. My name is Drew Phillips. If we haven't met, I'm the associate pastor here. And today we are going to continue on um, in our series called Unwise, where we're going to go through the book of Proverbs. And as we go through the book of Proverbs, we're going to be looking at wisdom and what the book of Proverbs has to say about wisdom. And a couple months ago, I was up here and we talked about this idea a little bit. Um, and I gave us the Hebrew word for wisdom. And it's a fun word to say. So kids, when you get home today, make sure you practice this word with your family. The word is chokmah. And the only way you can really say it right is if it really sounds like you're going to hawk something up. So it's like chokmah. It's this really fun word, and it means wisdom. It's the Hebrew word for wisdom. And today, specifically, we are going to look at two different paths. We have a, a path of poor choices, an evil path, a path that God does, is not our best. And then there's a path over here that has God's best for us. It's the good path. And we're going to take a look at how wisdom can help guide us to those paths. So I mentioned this last week, that when it comes to wisdom or Proverbs, there are a lot of different religions. Uh, there are some people who are not religious that still have some Proverbs that they follow. For the most part, especially if you're old and have gray hair, you, if you have, a ton, you have wisdom, you want to share your thoughts or opinions on the right way to live, right? This is something that we see all through culture. But as followers of Jesus, or maybe you're here today and you're investigating whether you want to follow Jesus, it's important for us to realize what the God of the Bible says is the right and the wise way to live. And so that's exactly what we're doing in this series and this week, this week, we're going to be looking at Proverbs 4. So if you want to go ahead and turn to Proverbs 4, that's where we're going to be today. Um, they're also going to be on the screen as well. Um, the verses will be up there. But just a little preamble. So what I would like to invite everyone to do, if you're not doing it already, is this month we are doing a reading plan as a church, as a congregation. And what we're encouraging everyone to do is let's read through the entire book of Proverbs in one month. And that may sound daunting, maybe that's something that you've never done before, but we've broken it up where you read the proverb for the corresponding day of the month. So today, January 9th, you would read Proverbs 9. Tomorrow's January 10th, you'll read Proverbs 10. And all down through, there's 31 Proverbs, and there's 31 days in January. So it works out well. And by the end of it, you've had read through the entire book. Today, we are going to be in Proverbs 4, which means hopefully some of these passages will be familiar to you because if you were following that plan, you would have read this on Tuesday. So hopefully these will be some familiar words. If you haven't done that, we encourage you jump in to do that. And the hope behind that is this. It's not a check mark. It's not something to say, hey, I read through a whole book or I did that. We don't view it as, hey, let's check it off that I did my Bible reading. But our hope is that it will create a habit for you. And kids, this is the same for you. It is good to create a habit of being in God's word every day. Being in God's word every day and making that a habit 
that we start our day or end our day with. And so that would be our encouragement, is don't do this to check off a box and say you did what the church asked you to do. Do this so that you can make a habit of being in his word. And reading a proverb, for most of us, is going to take us four or five minutes. My encouragement to you would take that four or five minutes and make it ten. Maybe read through it one more time or just sit in it. Let it marinate a little bit. See what God wants to say to you through this wisdom and allow that to develop a habit of being in his presence through his word on a daily basis. All right, back to Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4, we are going to spend most of our time in verses 10 through 27, but I think it's important for us to look at verses 1 through 8 first. And so I'm going to kind of summarize those here a little bit because Solomon, who wrote most of the Proverbs um, in this, gives us some things we need to pay attention with, with wisdom before we get into the second half of the chapter. So in verse 5, we see that Solomon says that we need to get wisdom. We need to go get it. It's not just something that happens upon us. It's not just something that happens to us. It's something that we need to be proactive in and going and getting and obtaining. Then we see in verse 6, he says, do not abandon wisdom. Do not abandon wisdom. So it's not something that we go and get and then we lose or we leave happenstance all over the place. No, it's something that we get and then we hold on to it. We don't abandon it. Then you go to verse 7, he emphasizes it again, get wisdom. Again, I think this is something that is helpful for us because we are used to so many things just happening to us instead of actually being intentional and pursuing it. So he's reminding us again, no, go and get wisdom. And then finally, in verse 8, he says, cherish wisdom. Treasure it, value it. It's not something, again, that you go get and hold on to and put in your pocket and forget that it's there, but it's something that you actually go and you cherish it, you value it. It brings life and meaning to your life. So as I was preparing this week, I was thinking, what has been something that I can relate to this? What's something that, that I kind of followed this same process with? And this is what I remembered. It's called an iPod. So kids, this is not an iPad. This is not an iPhone. This is called an iPod. And this came out when I was in high school, and this is actually the, the model that I bought um, and so, again, the Internet's amazing that you can find things like this. But this is the exact iPod that I bought. And what this little thing does, kids, is it just holds music. That's it. It doesn't do anything else, but you can put your music on it. And it was such an upgrade for us at the time because before that you had a Walkman, which we had these things called cassette tapes that you would put in, and you could, a Walkman, you could clip it to your belt and walk around and move. It was a, a genius, right? Well, then that wasn't good enough, so then we had CD players or Discmen right? And the discman, you had to get the one that you could, didn't have to lay flat, because if it didn't lay flat, it'd start to skip, and, and that was a pain. And so then, the iPod. And I had to have one of these iPods, right? And so I saved up my money, and I did the research to find out what is the best iPod that I can get for the price. And so I did, you know, looked at Target, looked at Best Buy. Again, this was back before you could buy everything online. You actually, they came in a newspaper. There were these ads that you could look at every week. It's this black and white thing that came on Sunday. Um, and I can remember doing my research, and the best deal was Black Friday at Best Buy. So Black Friday came around, I went to Best Buy, and I purchased this iPod. And man, did I hold on to that thing. That thing went everywhere that I went, um, and I, I cherished it. You know why? Because it was probably, at that point, the, the most expensive thing I had ever purchased. I thought that this thing was going to change my life. It was good, but obviously better things were still to come. 
But it's that same idea when we think about what are things that we're going to pursue. What's the plan that we're putting into place to pursue wisdom? How are we mapping it out? How are we holding on to it and treasuring it once we have it? That is the idea that Solomon wants for us to have when it comes to wisdom. So let's talk about these two paths. Let's go, we'll be in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 10. And this one, we're, this one we're going to talk about the good path. This is where I went first service. This will be the good path over here. The good path. This is what Solomon says. Listen, my son, accept my words and you will live many years. I am teaching you the way of wisdom. I am guiding you on straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Don't let it go. Guard it, for it is your life. And then down in verse 18, the path of righteousness is like the light of dawn, shining brighter and brighter until midday. Let's pause right there. So this is the first path. This is the good path. And let's notice some things about it. First of all, we notice that this path over here is straight. Why is it important that the path is straight? Because you can see where you're going. It's easy to navigate. When you drive on a, or drive or walk or run on a windy road, you have to, you don't know what's coming around the bend. But when you're on a straight path, you can focus on what it's, what's ahead. It's easy to navigate. It's easy to notice what's coming at you. Next, we see that it's a smooth path, that you don't have to worry about your feet, that you're going to stumble or fall if you're walking or running. And as someone who's chronically had ankle problems for 20 years, I am thankful for a smooth path one that I can trust the footing that I'm going to walk in. So this path, not only is it straight, but it's smooth. You don't have to worry about your steps. They won't be hindered. You won't fall. And the thing I love about the Proverbs in general, and what I love how Solomon and some of the other writers do, is they kind of did what Jesus does, is that when he tells stories, he uses word pictures. And for me, that's helpful. It's helpful for me not to just read something on a page, but to get a picture around it. And that's exactly what Solomon does here in the Proverbs. So kids, maybe this is something that'll help a little bit. But this next word picture, when he talks about this good path, this is probably my favorite of all of them in this chapter. In verse 18, when it talks about this path is like the light of day, dawning in the morning and rising brighter and brighter until midday. What this reminds me of, this picture that it gives me, is that there are times in the morning when I, when I like to run. And especially this time of year, when I go out to run, I go out and I have to wear a headlamp. One, this is for me to be able to see where I'm going. Two, this is so other cars don't hit me and they can see me, right? So this, this little light is important that's on top of my head when I get out and run in the morning. But there have been times over the last several months as I've ran east and the sun starts to rise, especially if I'm able to get out a little bit later, the sun will start to rise. And not only do you get some beautiful colors, pinks, purples, yellows, oranges, as the sun starts to come up but the beautiful thing is as I continue to do that as the sun begins to rise my little light is not as useful anymore because of the brighter sun that is lighting up my path and the same is true when we walk on this good path this path of wisdom this path of chokmah the more that we walk down this path the brighter and brighter it gets the easier and easier it is to continue to stay on the path, to stay on the straight, smooth, well-lit path. This for us should be encouraging. 
When we start to make good decisions, when we start to walk in this way, it's something that becomes easier and easier as we continue to go. Let's take a look at the second path. Verse 14. This is what Solomon says about the wicked path. Keep off the path of the wicked. Don't proceed in the way of the evil ones. Avoid it. Don't travel on it. Turn away from it and pass by it. For they can't sleep until they've done what is evil. They're robbed of sleep unless they make someone else stumble. They eat, bread, they eat the bread of wickedness. They drink the wine of violence. And then verse 19. But the way of the wicked is like the darkest gloom. And they don't know what makes them stumble. So here we get a description of the evil path. And it's very different than what we see with the good path. Good path, straight, lit, guard it, protect it, make sure you're on it. Here it is, avoid it, stay away from it. Don't go anywhere near it, don't pass by it, avoid it as much as you can. Not guard it, cherish it. The reality is this though, all of us in this room, adults and kids alike, and for those of you who are at home, we all are familiar with this path. Scripture says we have all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. All of us in some way, shape, or form have entertained and experienced this path of wickedness. And the question is, how long did we stay on it? And for all of us, it's going to be different. There are different sins. There are different things that the world entices us with. There are different things that we are tempted with that the enemy wants to pull us away from God and down this path. And for each of us, whatever those temptations are, they're going to be a little bit different. But we're all tempted in some way to walk down this path. For me, one of these areas in my life has been pride and arrogance. Growing up, specifically in high school and in college, I thought I was pretty great. I was, I was pretty sure that the things I was doing was the right thing, and most people should copy how I was doing it, to the point that the first time that I met my wife, we weren't dating, I was just friends with her brother, she thought, and quote me if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong here, Lisa, she said, oh, he's cute, but man, he's arrogant. We didn't start dating until about three years later. God had some work to do in my life before he was ready for that to happen. But this was an area for me that I struggled with, and the more arrogant and prideful I became, the more it became who I was. And again, I don't know what that is, what that sin is for you, but the more that we entertain that area of temptation, the more time and attention that we pay to it, the more it becomes who we are, the more it consumes us. And as the proverb says here, it's one of those things that when people walk down this path, they can't, it's, it's a restless. There's, we don't experience the peace of God in this. And maybe for you, you've been in this cycle where you're walking down this path and you can't sleep well. You just don't feel that same peace and it's because this is not how God has designed it to be. And unlike the path over here that the longer you walk down it, the brighter and brighter it gets. Over here, when you walk down this path, the darker and darker it gets. Gloomier and gloomier to the point where you don't know what's causing you to stumble because you are so deep in it. And the reality is, 
there are some sins that are more visually out there for people to recognize when they're walking down this path. So the idea of addiction, whether that be drugs or alcohol, this is the more visual representation we have of this, right? Where you start with a little bit and it continues to grow to more and more. You become addicted to it until you can't get out of it. It becomes who you are. That's the visual thing that we, I think we all know, recognize, or maybe can identify with or know someone that we can identify with. But the reality is, and it's important for us to realize, the vices or the temptations that we have may not be as visual as that as drug and alcohol addiction. But the, sec the secret, the inner, maybe because it's not that, it's even more difficult to let the light in because we can just hide it. And what Solomon is telling us is to stay off of that path and to walk down the good path where you can walk in the light. Let's continue reading in verse 20. My son, pay attention to my words. Listen closely to my sayings. Don't lose sight of them. Keep them within your heart. For they are the life to those who find them, the health to one's whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. Don't let your mouth speak dishonestly. Don't let your lips talk deceivously. Let your eyes look forward, fix your gaze straight ahead. Carefully consider the path of your feet, and all of your ways will be established. Don't turn to the right or to the left, but keep your feet from evil. And we see here as Solomon is closing this chapter that he says again, My son, pay attention to my words. And here, again, this could be sons, daughters, sons and daughters of the king, of Jesus. Pay attention to my words. And this is the third time that he said it in this proverb. But in this third time, he takes it one step further. He talks about our heart. He says to keep them in your heart. Why does he say that? Why does he say our heart? Well, we see in verse 23 that the heart is the source of life. And if we're honest, if we're really going to change, it has to happen in our heart. Head knowledge doesn't bring about all the change. It has to happen in our heart. Uh, what up, fly? It has to happen in our heart. And to get it from our head to our heart can be difficult at times. It can be challenging to get it from our head to our heart. Here's some example. Kids, listen to me real quick. For the most part, and adults you can listen to, but kids, I'm specifically going to talk to you here. For the most part, you know what the right thing to do is, right? You know that it's good to tell the truth, to be honest. You know that it's good to treat others like you want to be treated. Maybe this is something you've learned about in school, that it's good to be kind to others. It's good to build each other up. But it's one thing to know it, right? We all know that. Do you do it all the time? No. And as adults, we can say the same thing. We don't do it all the time. And why don't we do it all the time? Because a lot of times, just knowing the right thing to do is not the same that's going to change our actions. What changes our actions is when it gets into our heart. And for example, one way that, that's a tough way to learn this lesson is maybe you've had a friend at school that hasn't been very kind to you. Maybe they've been mean, they said something that has hurt your feelings. And when you realize that, when you realize that hurt that you experienced in that, 
It made you think, man, I don't want to treat someone else like this. I don't want someone else to feel like I feel right now. And that's an experience that gets the knowledge of treating people well from our head to our heart. And that's where the real change begins to happen. It's true for you as kids. It's true for us as adults. Adults, if we are going to change, if we are going to move and walk and choose this right path, we have got to get just the information that we know from our head down to our heart. And Solomon's great here. He gives us a couple of examples on how to do that. The first thing that he says is watch the words that come out of your mouth. Kids, good lesson for all of us. Watch the words that come out of your mouth. Make sure they're kind. Make sure they're encouraging. Make sure they're honest. It says don't let any dishonest talk come out of your mouth. When we're able to look at that and actually pay attention to things that we're saying, it's helpful. It's helpful to change our heart. I think we've all been there before when we've told a lie, right? No, we shouldn't do it, but we told it. Well, then now we've got to tell another lie to cover up that lie, and then we've got to tell another lie, and before we know it, we are swimming in a sea of lies instead of just telling the truth. And when we can make it a practice of being truthful and honest when we do that, it's going to be easier for us to be a person who tells the truth. It moves from our head to our heart. The other thing that we see, he says, fix your eyes, pay attention to what you let into your mind. Kids, I'm sure there are times your parents have said, you watching this is not good for your mind. Don't let it in. Don't look. Turn your head. Because the things that come into our eyes and come into our mind can change our hearts. We need to pay attention to that. Am I right, parents? The things that we watch will eventually affect who we are and how we think. So we need to guard our minds, what we fix our eyes on. Here, Solomon's saying, Fix your eyes ahead, straight. We know as followers of Jesus, we need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the things that are good for us. And when we do that, then we can watch our steps. He says there, pay attention to your steps. Then we're able to pay attention to where we're walking because our eyes are fixed on the right thing. When our eyes are fixed on the right thing, we're on the smooth, straight, well-lit path. And what starts to change here a little bit is like when I lived in Oregon, there was a time that I did a, a lot of hiking because it was a beautiful area. But again, I said I had ankle problems. I have ankle problems. And so for me, a lot of times when we go hiking, I've got to keep my eyes down because I've got to make sure I'm not going to turn my ankle on a root or a rock that's uneven. But when I am able to walk on a smooth path, I don't have to look at my feet. I don't have to be focused on myself I can focus on the beauty of the world around me, the beauty of the creation. And that's exactly what Solomon is getting is here. When we walk on this smooth path, we don't have to think so much about our feet. We can look up and have eyes to see what God is doing around us instead of being just so focused on ourselves. But it starts with paying attention to what we say. It starts with paying attention to what we allow in so what comes in doesn't come out. We can walk on this smooth path. It has to change our hearts. We see this with Peter, right, kids? If you remember the story of Peter when he walks in the water with Jesus, what happens, right? When he's walking and keeping his eyes on Jesus, he does not have to pay attention to his feet. He walks on the water and is able to walk towards Jesus. But when he takes his eyes off of Jesus, he starts to sink. 
the fear, the anxiety of the waves crashing around him, the reality of like, I could sink right now, starts to sink in, and he begins to sink. So Jesus reaches down and picks him up. The same is true for us. When we keep our eyes on Jesus, when we stay on this path, we can walk confidently, surely. We can be confident because we have our eyes fixed in the right place. And it's going to change from what's in our head down to our heart. And we can be a person who walks in the way of Chokmah. Leads us, well, first, before we get to that, there's a passage I think is really important. It's Romans 10, 9 and 10. It talks about this idea of what we believe and what we say. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says this, Confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God is raised from the dead and you'll be saved. We talk about this. If you want to be a follower of Jesus, the first thing that you need to do is confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Then believe in your heart that God rose Christ from the grave. If you continue on, it says, One believes with his heart. When we believe with our heart, it results in righteousness or right living. When one confesses with their mouth, it results in salvation. It results in salvation. So what we say matters. When we confess, Jesus, you are Lord, you are Lord of my life, at that point, we can be saved, and salvation comes there. But if we are going to transform and be able to live with right living, then it goes to believing with our heart that Christ is who he says he was and that God raised him from the dead. It matters what comes out of our mouth. It matters what we believe with our heart when we walk with Jesus. So that brings us to our daily training. Our daily training this week is pay attention to the path. Pay attention to the path. Are you continuing to walk down this evil path, making choices that are not God's best for you? Do you need to reevaluate that and get back on the right path, the good path? My son Logan's reading a book right now. It's a little bit of a futuristic adventure book um, that I was reading with him. And in this book, um, there, it talks about some coal miners. And these coal miners have this bird that stays with them, right? And these coal miners, as they go into the coal mines, these birds stay with them, and they kind of act as their guide. They act as their guide of helping them realize, okay, are you going too far? Is it too deep in here? Is there danger around? And if there is, the bird will start to leave. And the miners in the book are told that they need to follow. And as we were reading that, it reminded me that God has given us a bird, given us a guide, the person of the Holy Spirit. His Spirit is there to guide us as we walk down these paths. So if we're walking down this dark path, part of the role of the Holy Spirit in our life is to remind us, hey, you're going a little bit too far. It's to convict us that, hey, let's get back on the good path. Let me help you guide. Let me help you guide there. Get there. Let me help you be your guide. That's the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. When we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord, then we have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is able to guide us in wisdom from the bad path to the good path. We see this all through Scripture. And this is why one of the things that I love about this passage and what God has been doing here at Calvary is we believe that following Jesus is just not a one-time thing. 
It's not a one-time decision that you made and now you're a follower of Jesus and you can go on living your life as you've always lived it. No, it's a journey. It's a process. It's a path that we choose to walk down. And so we've developed this thing called the discipleship pathway. And if you're new here, this is something we talk about often. And we want to make sure that we are in this, when it comes to learning, we're paying attention to the things that are in our mind. The things that we're filling our mind with, making sure that we have the right understanding of who Jesus is and the difference that he can make in our life. We want to pay attention to the, our training, how we live, how we live out our life, how we're walking, the disciplines that we have, the structure that we put in our life. And we want to make sure that we're doing that in the context of community that we're not doing it alone, that when we start to walk down the right, the wrong path, we have people around us that can come around and can help us get back to the good path. And if we have been making choices, walking towards the good path, there are people around us to encourage us, to root us on. And we're, that's all done through the power of the Holy Spirit. We see this all through Scripture. We see this in the Proverbs. We need to pay attention to the path that we're on. We need to walk in the way of chokmah, in the way of wisdom. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that you sent us as a guide, that we are not left here alone to figure out life by ourselves, but you sent Jesus to take away our sin, to give us the opportunity to be free from those things that entangle us, and to show us the best way to live. We thank you for sending your spirit that guides us into the way of righteousness, that convicts us when we're walking down the wrong path. We thank you that you loved us so much that you did not leave us here on our own, but created a space for us to thrive. And Father, my prayer, Lord, is that we would choose to walk in the lighted, smooth, straight path. And Father, we understand that we are all in process. That there are choices and decisions that we make, Lord, that we need to apologize for, that we need to confess, Lord, but you are faithful to forgive when we do so. So thank you for your patience with us. Thank you for being okay that we are in process, Lord. Help us not to live there, but continue to take steps in righteousness towards you and the path that you have designed for us. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray.